welcome to Purpose Without Apology, a podcast for women who love God and think outside the box. Here, we talk about everything from relationships to careers to wealth building and more, and all through the lens of fulfilling your God-given purpose. My name is Lisa Gant. I'm a writer, wife, and mom, and my goal is to empower you to change the world. Let's get started. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Purpose Without Apology. I'm your host, Lisa, and I'm so excited that you're joining me here today. Today's episode is about Christians behaving badly. We're going to talk about exposure in the church. It's one of those kind of uncomfortable subjects, but it really needs to be addressed. Our guiding scripture comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14, and it says, For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So over the past several years, I've noticed a number of successful pastors and ministers and leaders in the body of Christ who have been exposed for living lives that weren't exactly consistent with the gospel that they claim to believe. Now, these accusations include everything from infidelity to fraud, financial fraud, uh, to even various forms of abuse. No matter what the crime is, the damage has often been swift and devastating to witness. So with all of these heartbreaking accusations coming to light, it can be hard to know what to do and how to respond especially when our favorite role models get caught in the crossfire. So the question is, is there a biblical response to these situations? And if so, what is it? So first of all, I want to say right up front, I want to give a disclaimer. Um, If you are looking for some type of gospel tea or church tea or any kind of tea uh, about your favorite, um, you know, minister or leader or worship leader or, you know, pastor um, who has, you know, had all of their business put out, as as we might say, um, you're going to be disappointed by this episode. That is not what this episode is about. And it is certainly not what this podcast is, is about. Um, I am not looking to name names or shame and embarrass anyone or even talk about anyone in particular. Uh, that's not what this episode is really meant to do. Um, As I just said, it's really about how we as believers should respond when we hear uh, these kind of rumors and accusations and just um, news coming out about um, people in the faith being exposed um, for, for, you know, some sometimes some pretty terrible behavior. Um, How are we supposed to respond to that? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. The first thing that we want to do is we want to resist the urge to delight in their downfall. Proverbs chapter 24 verses 17 through 18 says, do not gloat when your enemy falls. When they stumble, do not let your heart rejoice or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from them. Now, sometimes this can be, um, for some of us, difficult to um, avoid doing, right? Because there is this temptation to really kind of 
almost get a sense of of satisfaction or even enjoyment out of someone's downfall, uh, especially if it's someone that we have been critical of in the past, maybe someone who um, seemed to have a holier than thou attitude, you know, toward other people, whether it was, you know, we were directly affected by their criticism or their behavior or not. Um, there's a term, I believe it's called uh, Schoden fraud. I'm, I'm probably am butchering that, but it's a German term that basically refers to uh, people getting that sense of satisfaction from watching someone else, you know, kind of uh, have a fall and and be you know ridiculed and and maybe get what you might consider their comeuppance, right? That they're getting what's coming to them, uh, and and so you know we have this this temptation in us. Our flesh really is delighted in that, right? In, in watching someone else fall and, and knowing that at least it's not us, right? Uh, but that's, that's really the opposite of Christ-like behavior. That's the opposite of how we are called to be as, as believers. We are never called to get any sense of enjoyment or satisfaction or um, excitement, from someone else uh, being exposed in a negative way, even if we feel that it was deserved, even if they engaged in some really abusive or terrible or uh, devastating behavior that genuinely hurt people, we should still not celebrate when when someone is, is called out or exposed. Uh, that type of situation is always a tragedy. Uh, even if it is, you know, God uh, possibly, you know, extending his justice, um, we know that he hears the cries of the innocent and that he responds to their cries. And so we we know that God is just. Uh, and so if someone is exposed there, there it may be that um, those secrets, you know, the secret life that they had is, is coming to light. Um, and so we can, as believers, we can recognize that God's justice might be unfolding, but we should not celebrate someone's downfall. Um, there, there's a difference in recognizing, um, you know, that that people who are have been victims maybe are being vindicated and are receiving justice and supporting them. There's a difference between doing that and celebrating the downfall uh, of someone, uh, especially if it's someone who is supposed to be in the faith. Um, that that is always a tragedy, uh, and so that's that's really how we should be looking at it. The second thing that we need to do is to examine our own weaknesses to see if we are operating in hypocrisy. So Luke chapter six, verse 42 says, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will clearly, you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So this is really the the other side of seeing someone exposed, right? If we see someone in the faith who has had uh, something that they've done uh, put out in dis- on display, put out in public, uh, our first inclination should not be to point fingers at them and to get, as I said, some sense of enjoyment out of them. 
we should look to see if any of that behavior uh, or even pieces of those mindsets, the mentality that caused that behavior might live in us. I'm not saying that you should assume that you're abusive or that you are committing financial fraud or that you're doing things to, you know, physically hurt people, but if there may be some attitudes that are similar that you're seeing in that person that's being exposed that may exist in your own heart. There may be um, some some similarities in some of those mindsets and, and some of those thought patterns uh, that you may struggle with as well. Um, remember, none of us are <laughs> none of us are worthy of God's grace. None of us are deserving of his mercy or his forgiveness. Um and so we, we, we're not better um, than, than anyone. And so uh, we need to look at ourselves and see where we may be uh, struggling and where me, we may be operating in hypocrisy and look to God for forgiveness for those areas in our lives uh, and, and really use those moments for self-reflection and allow the Holy Spirit to probe our hearts um, and so that we can repent and be restored as well. The next thing that we need to make sure that we do is to not participate in gossip. And this might very well be the hardest step for us to follow in these types of moments. There is such a temptation, especially with social media these days. It just it's readily available right at our fingertips uh, and it, to just to engage in gossip under the guise of, you know, uh, being overly religious. How many of us have gossiped about someone for 20, 30, 45 minutes and then tried to make it better by saying, oh, let's pray for them. We should really pray for them. And then you don't pray. <laughs> So uh, there's there's uh, gossip is one of those really tricky, devious sins that just worms its way into our conversation without us realizing it. And, and we don't really think of it as gossip because, you know, we may start out the conversation really genuinely concerned about the people who are involved. And then it just spirals into something that is negative and destructive. Um, James talks uh, in, in great detail about the power of the tongue and the life and death that it holds and the poison that can come out of it. And we many times engage in that poisonous talk and that poisonous behavior because we're not being intentional. And we're not putting thought into the words we're speaking and whether they are truthful, whether they are giving life, whether they are uplifting. Um, I am as guilty of this as anyone. And I really struggled, uh, particularly in my 20s, with uh, a bad habit of gossip and um, just I just being transparent. It took me a while to really uh, get better in that area and to really make progress in that area because it was so, I didn't even realize I was doing it. So it's something that we really need to be aware of. Um, Proverbs chapter 17, verse nine says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. And so I think it's important for us to think about what it looks like to genuinely be loving towards someone when we know um, that they're struggling in an area and that they're dealing with certain flaws. If we're repeating those flaws to other people and we're going into detail about them, 
and we're not covering them. We know clearly from that, based on what we've just discussed in Proverbs, that that is a spirit of gossip. If we're not covering the behavior, if we're not covering um, their sin and 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 praying for them, and, and we'll talk about that in more detail later, but if we're not uh, covering the offense and, and looking to restore them and and looking for God to um, to really redeem that situation, then we're not operating in a spirit that honors God. We're operating in gossip and it is destructive and it is dangerous for us to engage in that type of behavior as Christians. And the last thing uh, that we can do to really kind of uh, handle these types of situations of exposure in the church with love and with compassion and with um just in a manner that follows after God's own heart is to pray for everyone affected by the exposure. Going back to James, James chapter five, verse 16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So it's so interesting that James, as he talks about the power of the tongue and how life and death is in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit and and, and how all of these different things, uh, you know, a well can't produce bitter and sweet water, right? All of these different ideas about the power of the tongue and of our words. Um, he follows that up with uh confessing our words and using our words in a different way and confessing them one to another so that we can be healed. And so when exposure happens in the church, there is actually healing that can come out of it if we have the right attitude towards the people that have been exposed. If we respond in prayer and not in gossip and not in a spirit of slander and not looking to tear down, but we respond looking to build up and looking to encourage courage and looking to declare God's goodness over the situation and looking to declare his his holiness and his redemptive power over a situation then we see God's hand really at work and then we are operating in partnership with heaven in terms of of really bringing God's kingdom and his will about in the earth we're working with God in that situation and not against him one word of caution that I want to give uh, and I want you to think about in these types of situations is don't let exposure in the body of Christ and in the church, don't let that turn into church hurt. I want to say that again. Don't let exposure in the church turn into church hurt in your heart. It's really easy to let bad behavior of some Christians cause, you know, wounds to fester in your heart and um, church hurt to really take up residence in your soul and just cause you to have a, a bad attitude towards the church and towards Christians in general, because you've seen certain Christians behave in a way that is counter to God's word and counter to the power of the Holy Spirit and counter to the fruit of the spirit. And I understand that. I understand the feeling um, of, of, just 
you know, frustration and resentment and even bitterness that can spring up as a result of bad behavior that you see. If you put your trust in a pastor and they betrayed that trust and hurt you and abused you and made you feel unwanted and unworthy and unloved, it can be hard to go back to the church after that. It can be hard to make yourself vulnerable again. It can be hard to feel like the church is even safe for you anymore. I know that feeling. I've been through it myself. I've been in churches and in situations where I put my trust in people in the church and and it didn't turn out how I thought it would. And it was heartbreaking and painful, but I didn't leave the church. I I didn't abandon community. I didn't abandon um, being within the house of God and, and, and spending time with believers and knowing who God is for myself. I didn't walk away from the church as a result of my experience in a part of the church. And that's an important distinction to make. We are not called to turn away from the body of Christ just because some of the parts of the body are not always functioning the way they should. We are still called to love and to honor and to participate in God's kingdom. And his kingdom is his bride. It is his church. And so we we are still called to honor that. We all fall short of God's glory at the end of the day. All of your favorites are problematic. I don't remember where I heard that phrase, but that's always stuck out to me. All of your favorites are problematic. I don't care how how mature and how educated and how knowledgeable they are about the Bible. It doesn't matter how long they've been walking with the Lord. We all still sin and we all are still in need of God's grace on our best days. We are just as much in need of his grace as we are on our worst days. And each of us is just as badly in need of his grace as the other person right next to us. And so it can be hard for us to recognize that and wrap our heads around that because as humans, we like to put sin in hierarchies and we like to rank ourselves based on whether we feel like we're holier than someone else or not. But the truth is we all need the salvation of, of Jesus. We, we have to recognize that. And we have to recognize that just because one person, certain people have behaved badly does not give us the excuse to turn away from the church as a whole. That's disobedient to what God commands. Now, I also want to add another note here because sometimes people use verses like Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17 as justification for publicly calling out Christians who behave badly. These are verses where Jesus talks about um, what what you do to correct another believer. And, and it talks about how if the believer sins against you, then you go to privately point out the offense. And then um, if they listen, then that's great. Um, and then if they don't, you take someone with you and you talk to them again. Um, and then if they still refuse to listen, you take it, you bring it before the, the church, the body as a whole. Um, and then if they still don't accept it, you kind of write them off and, and treat them as, as you know, a non-believer, right? Um, and so 
there are people who use those verses, those scriptures to kind of justify this this idea of calling someone out publicly, going on someone's YouTube page and 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 talking about how terrible they are and, and going on social media and going in their comments and calling them out publicly. Right. And they kind of use this scripture as a shield to justify that kind of behavior. I don't believe and this is I'm not a theologian. I'm not a pastor. I'm, I'm not, you know trained, you know, a minister or anything like that. But I don't believe that these scriptures apply to doing that type of thing in most cases, unless you personally know the person and you're in community with them. I just don't think in most cases, the Holy Spirit is telling people to go in someone's comments and tell them what a terrible person they are and call out their sin on, on social media. I don't, that's, that just doesn't seem like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, and I, I, that's, that sounds like pride. Um, and so it, it, in these types of scriptures, this type of behavior, it, it kind of comes under the guise of like warning the saints. Uh, and it, but it, a lot of times it comes from a, a place of self-righteousness and pride. And that can be so dangerous because it causes more damage in many cases than it does if you just simply pray for the people that are involved. If you know them, if you're in relationship with someone, that's a different matter. And, um, you know, I think that the verses in Matthew chapter 18 really are speaking specifically to when you're in community with someone. Uh, and so that type of behavior makes more sense. It calling out someone, you know, going to them privately and then bringing witnesses and then bringing it to the church. That makes more sense if it's someone that you have connection to in that way. Um, but with probably some very few exceptions, I don't believe that we're called to just randomly call people out um, at the drop of a hat and name names and go into all the specifics of, of calling out their situation if we don't know them. Uh, the Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He knows the hearts of, of people who are being exposed. He knows what they're dealing with and what caused them to make the choices they did. And many times we don't. Again, unless we're in relationship with them, there is very little that we usually know. And so when we speak publicly to defame and to bash and to ridicule people, it's hard to not come from a place of pride and self-righteousness doing it that way. And so that's why I, I, at least I, you know, speaking for myself personally, I really try not to speak publicly about any particular situations um, unless I really feel led by the Holy Spirit to say something. Um, and usually it's it's a word of encouragement or, you know, um, trying to uplift in some way or praying publicly or something like that. Um, I, I can't recall any time that I've ever been you know, personally instructed by God to criticize a, a leader publicly. Um, that just isn't appropriate, in my opinion. So we've talked about a lot in terms of what to do when we see people being exposed in the church, what not to do, and why we should do certain things and not do other things. It's a lot to think about and a lot to process and in many cases, it involves us checking our own ego and our own flesh and, and really taking the, making the effort to walk by the spirit. 
So your action step for today is to consider the last time you heard about a prominent Christian behaving badly. And again, this could be any number of things, right? There's any number of examples of this type of thing happening, especially over the past few years. But what can you learn from their situation in light of your own walk with God? How can you pray for all of the people that are involved, all of the affected parties? And what can you do differently in your own life going forward? I want you to think about that. Again, the easy thing to do is to just call up your friend, call up your Bible study group and, you know, call up whoever and and start gossiping in the name of being concerned and praying for them. But are you really praying or are you just talking about them under the guise of prayer? There's a really important difference there. And again, I'm not perfect in this area. This is something I struggle with myself, especially if it's someone that I looked up to and admired and and really, you know, maybe emulated in some ways and and to see them engage in something that's really hurtful and disappointing. It can be so tempting to become judge, jury and executioner, right? And and to really pick up the, the stones to throw at people. But remember Remember the woman in in John chapter five, I believe it's John five, where Jesus, she was brought before Jesus and had been caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus bent down and wrote in the sand and said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. I love that story because the Bible says that the older people, the older ones, they were the first to drop their stones. And I believe it was because they have the longest record of things that they've done that they, they didn't want called out. And so they walked away first because they realized that they weren't in a position to judge and to ridicule and to stone. And so when all of them were gone, Jesus looked at the woman and said, does no one condemn you? Is there no one here who condemns you? And then he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And that should be our attitude when people are exposed, that we don't condemn them. We pray for them. We cover them. And then if they are truly repenting and are truly remorseful, then we seek to restore them in any way possible. So I hope that 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 challenges you. I hope that this episode encouraged you and challenged you to think of things differently. And I hope that the next time you see someone in the body of Christ who is engaged in behavior that is has been hurtful and, or harmful in some way, that you'll show some compassion, that you'll act like Jesus did, and that you'll give grace and truth in the process. So that's it for now. Uh, until next time, take care and God bless. This concludes another episode of Purpose Without Apology. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. Until next time, remember, your purpose is waiting, so you need to go after it. See you in the next episode.